What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Raw Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. But before we break down this week's episode, I first want to say I hope that you guys are enjoying the latest out of character with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. We got all out of whack with this new schedule, but out of character is now on Wednesdays. I hope I didn't confuse you too much of that, and I'm going to drill it home a little bit in these first few episodes just so that everyone is is aware of the new schedule. Raw Roundups coming out Monday night. We got Out of Character on Wednesdays and on Friday we got the SmackDown Roundup as well. We also got a Best of the Week. For those of you who are unable to listen to everything, you got the Best of the Week on Sunday to keep you all covered on the most important topics discussed. Now before we get to Raw. I also want to say, keep your eyes out for a new episode of the show dropping on Wednesday with Johnny Gargano. We talk all about his return to the company, what he was doing while away, and whether he had talks with any other promotions while he was gone. That's Wednesday. That's Johnny Gargano on Wednesday. We are here to talk about Monday Night Raw now, which began with Seth Rollins out first, welcoming everyone to Monday Night Raw. Rollins. He then asked the crowd if they believe in karma as he reminded them of his recent win over Matt Riddle. Rollins then once again denied Riddle's request for a rematch, saying he's instead looking to hold championship gold. Before he can continue that thought, though, Riddle interrupts. He rushes to the ring for a fight. The two brawl in and out of the ring, then through the crowd before Rollins ultimately hightails it to the back. Uh, I like where this is going. I like these little, like, breadcrumbs throughout the episode. Rather than giving you everything all up front, we're kind of spreading these things out and making the whole show feel like something you need to keep watching because things are happening. Certain feuds are intersecting with other feuds. Uh, Some things are running throughout the show rather than just one story, one segment kind of being on its own. And I'm digging these through lines throughout the show. So we got Riddle here, but Judgment Day. Judgment Day comes out, and I like, this is kind of one of those things I was talking about, where we're getting intersection of feuds, um, we're getting kind of like, um, rather than an abrupt ending to one thing, and then another segment starting, sometimes we're getting these opening segments where things all bleed through together, and it makes it feel like stuff is happening. I'm interested, I like it. So here we got the Judgment Day interrupting Riddle next. Uh, Riddle starts to walk up the ramp as he's chasing after Seth and the Judgment Day comes out. And you know, I I don't know if this is the first week they've done this. Maybe I didn't notice it last week. But I did notice that it's officially the Judgment Day. And I'm so happy about that. Because I hated that it was just Judgment Day. It's hard to say Judgment Day. And if you can't say the, like, if, it just doesn't make sense grammatically to me to not say the. When you're just saying Judgment Day is the name. It doesn't make as much sense. So I'm glad it's now the Judgment Day. Uh, and they come out. They interrupt uh, Matt Riddle. And, uh, you know, Matt looks like he's ready to fight. He thinks they're going to come attack him. But Finn, Balor, and Priest tell him to chill. They say they're all friends. And they want Riddle to join them. Priest says he's just like them. A star on the rise with someone always holding them back. But no more. That can be Riddle, too, if he joins the group. Riddle says, look it, yeah, we all go back, but right now my focus is on Seth, so the answer is no. Balor then gives him one more ultimatum, either with us or against us type thing, and uh, Riddle 
attacks. He doesn't like this. He attacks them both, knocks them out of the ring, and this leads to a match after the commercial break. Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Um, at one point in the match, Rey Mysterio appears, and he attacks Damian Priest, leaving Riddle and Balor alone. Riddle hits the bro to sleep in a German suplex at one point, but it's not enough to put Balor away. Then Riddle seems like he has it again, but Rollins interferes, and Balor hits the nastiest 1916 ever. Then a coup de gras for the win. Rollins comes back in one more time, hits a stump for good measure, and tells him tells Riddle to move on, bitch. A great 15-minute opener of this match. Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. You can't ask for a better way to start Raw, especially after you're getting good promo work from Seth Rollins at the top. I think that um, you know, I I think that one thing they've been doing well the last few months has been Seth Rollins trying to spit out that he wants to go after the world championship again. He wants the undisputed championship. He wants to go after Roman Reigns. But every time he kind of brings it up, something sidelines him. But he's been saying it for a while. Like he he keeps starting to say it, but doesn't get to kind of fully go there. Uh, something something always gets in the way, and so. With this, I like that you can tell it's still on his mind. The world title is still on his mind. And I, I think that the the feud with Riddle, um, I'm trying to think, you know, when I was watching this, if I think it needs to end or not. You know, I think that ultimately, I think that the direction is eventually going to be Seth Rollins for the world title before Riddle. So I don't think that Riddle necessarily needs to beat Seth Rollins to to get what he you know to get something out of this. I think that he's gotten a lot out of this and being in a program with Seth Rollins, who's one of the top stars in the entire company. So I was watching this thinking like this has to end at Extreme Rules. It's got to end at Extreme Rules. I get I get prolonging it until then, but I mean three losses is going to be a lot for Riddle against one person at the top. I don't want. I don't want him to be devalued too much in all this. I want him to walk away, you know, gaining something from it too. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, I've been trying to figure out what I think, you know, where this ends. And I do think it has to end at extreme rules. But I do think that Riddle kind of needs the win. But, but then, you know, he's not, like I said, he's not going to be going for the world title soon. So I don't know. I'm torn on this one. I'm torn on where it needs to go. You're hearing my thoughts as I work them out in real time. Because as I was watching the show, um, I, I, it was at the forefront of my mind. of like, where does this, does, is there more legs to this? And I think there is. But I, I, I'm, I'm interested in how they end it in a way that, that, favors both of them because I think that the match of Clash of the Castle could have been a good ending for them. Ultimately though, I think that starting the match uh, excuse me, starting this show with Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor is awesome man, like awesome awesome opener uh, two guys who are killer performers and I really enjoyed this match. After that we had Damage Control interviewed backstage, Bailey Vents about the wrong person being ter- being pinned in the women's tag team title tournament finals and Dakota says that tonight they'll make things right next we got Dominic Mysterio doing a promo from a dark room in the back of the arena 
Dominic says that he's only been known as the son of Rey Mysterio, but that finally changed at Clash at the Castle. Dom also says that he knows his dad is disappointed, but this is his life, not his dad's, and that Rey should look in the mirror for never caring about what Dom wanted. Fair point, fair point. <laughs> and then he then hits him with a line that I was like, oh man, Dominic going there. He says, uh, for such a tiny man, you cast a large shadow, and he's done living under it. Uh, we'll get to more Dominic Mysterio stuff uh, after the main event. Dakota Kai and Io Sky versus Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah after that for the women's tag team titles rematch since technically the finish was a sham. The original tag team title tournament was a sham. Dakota Kai was not the legal person in the match. So now we're getting the follow-up. Aaliyah, near the end of this match, rolls up Dakota Kai for a near fall and a callback to how the finals finished. And then Aaliyah follows that up with a sick-looking face buster that she does springboard off the ropes on and had the pin, but Bailey put Dakota's foot on the bottom rope. Uh, Then Raquel goes after Bailey at ringside, which allows Io Sky to hit a moonsault onto Rodriguez on the outside. Then in the ring, Dakota hits the chiropractor on Aaliyah to score the pin. I'm not sure. Yeah, to to score the pin and become the new women's tag team champions. Dakota Kai, Io Sky, new champs. I'm just not sure why we needed this detour as a swerve. Uh, But Dakota and Io should definitely be the team holding the belts right now. I'm just kind of confused as to why we had this detour. I, I I I think people were really enjoying the women's tag team title tournament, and then everyone kind of wanted Dakota and Io to win because they were kind of getting this big push. And I don't want to say that this hurt that at all because they're still getting huge TV time all the time. They're getting a you know. They're getting a real big push on TV, Dakota and EO and Damage Control as a whole. But I just don't know if Raquel and Aaliyah gained much out of holding the titles for a couple weeks. I don't know if maybe there was another plan in the works that fell through or what, but I just don't really understand what the point was of of giving it to someone else when you were going to do a shaky finish anyways. Since there was a shaky finish and now they've lost the titles, I don't know if Raquel and Aaliyah ultimately gained from this. However, Dakota Kai and Io Sky absolutely should be the women's tag team champions right now. I think that they are the most fully formed of the teams. I think that you know, they, they just feel like a unit right now. They're they're working well together. They're getting this push with Bailey as, as their leader. And I just think that they are the better holders of the tag team titles right now. So I'm glad that that ultimately happened in this match. Dom is shown warming up backstage after that while Ray tries to get through to him. You know, we've all been there. Classic, classic situation where your parents are talking to you and you're just ignoring them. It reminded me of uh, <laughs> of uh, that Suicidal Tendencies song, Institutionalized, the video where the parents are just parents are just yelling at the guy and he's just not paying attention. He's just sitting there ignoring them. 
Uh, Ray pleads with Dom to not wrestle Edge, but finally Rhea walks into the frame and said, Dominic isn't Ray's little boy anymore. Poppy is all man now. Dominic still no selling. Ray Mysterio. We get to more Dominic stuff after the main event, but I am enjoying Rhea Ripley being in control. She is the Dom of this situation. She's dominating. She's dominating Dominic's little mind, and uh, I like where this is going between the two of them. I like that uh, she clearly has control of Dominic's brain. Johnny Gargano versus Chad Gable after the break. Starts off with a bunch of chain wrestling and mat work in the early goings. And Gargano eventually wins in 13 minutes after hitting the one final beat DDT. I don't want to seem like I was down on this show because I kind of feel like I'm complaining more than usual. Or not even complaining, critiquing more than usual. But I was wondering on this one. Okay, so don't get me wrong. This was a great match. This was a match I've wanted to see. Chad Gable and Gargano wrestling again, just solo like this. Love it. Love it. And they just, they killed it. You know, they were, if this had been Gargano's, I don't know, 10th match on the main roster, I think I would not have this same critique. But I do think that, okay, yes. Clearly, there is crossover between the NXT audience and the main roster audience. And Gargano and I talk about this on the show this week, uh, on Wednesday. Because clearly when he came out, people knew who he was. Tonight, people chanting Johnny Wrestling when he's in the ring, they know who he is. However, I do think that there is a portion, just a portion of the audience, who are not watching NXT. I do think there is a portion of the audience not watching NXT. And I feel like when you're establishing a new character, particularly a WWE superstar, you want to show off all their signature moves and kind of like what they're about so that the people know what to get excited about. So that the people know what moves that like they should be anticipating. Or when when someone gets someone set up for a certain move, they know what to be excited about, that they're going to see this move. But I think that like you need to introduce Deuce some of those things. So while someone like me or you who's listening to this, we know when Johnny Gargano is setting up for the Gargano escape or, um, you know, his move where he kind of like has them on the ground as the, the roll through and roll, you know, roll around and kick them in the head. Um, we know all of those spots. But I felt like it was unfair to a certain degree to the people who might not know that they were seeing get, get they were seeing Chad Gable reverse some of Gargano's signatures. I almost felt like they went too hard in the first going for Johnny Gargano. And I'm not saying he needed to necessarily do a squash match. I actually understand the idea of him doing a banger like this from number one to show everyone that he can wrestle bangers. I just feel like in order for some of those spots to resonate with every single person, you need to know that, that that's their moves. And I felt like 
too many of his moves were getting reversed or kicked out of or whatever. And just as much as I was entertained while watching them, I couldn't help but think that if I didn't watch NXT, I'd be a little... I, I, I would have enjoyed this match a little bit less. Now, me being someone who did watch NXT, I still I did enjoy this match. I thought they wrestled a banger. I thought those two had such great chemistry in the ring together. Their their mat work, their their just just uh, how, how fluid everything was between them, while still feeling a hundred percent legit. Um, I, I enjoyed all of that. I just I was just watching this thinking like. Maybe he could have wrestled a, a tight five to establish some things a little more. And maybe not even against Chad Gable, against someone else who that's that's maybe okay to do that with. Um, but that was just kind of my thought process while watching it. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. Because obviously, you can get over with these people just wrestling bangers, with, with fans wrestling bangers. But I just, may, I don't know. I couldn't help but have this thought while watching. You tell me though. Tweet me, at Ryan Satin. I want to hear. Quickly, I'm going to go to a quick commercial break, and then I'll be back with my thoughts on the rest of the show. After the break, we had Austin Theory come out for a promo that was once again interrupted by Kevin Owens. KO once again reminded Theory that he was the hand-picked future of the company, but things have changed. Theory came back with another retort we've heard that he's done more in the last five months than Gargano and KO have done in the last five years. Kevin says statements like that show how much of a delusional jackass Theory is. He then reminds Theory that his biggest accomplishments were all handed to him, something that KO knows about himself since he had the world title handed to him once. But the difference is he's one in a million and Theory is not. Owens says there are hundred, there were hundreds of chiseled guys who came to WWE over the years just like Austin Theory and they all fizzled out. Owens said that you could count on one hand, though, the guys like him and Gargano who have made it to the main event. Um, he also mentions that he and Gargano are the heart and soul of this business. It sounds familiar. And that people like Theory are the appendix of the business because they are completely disposable. He also added that Theory may be different, but he's watched him and he doesn't think he has what it takes to be the future of the business. An angry theory wouldn't listen to this, however, and he got slapped for his troubles, leading to a brawl that ended with Austin's nose being broken. How great is Kevin Owens? Just like, man, how great is Kevin Owens? Especially when he's got a microphone in his hand. He's a good guy. Great guy. Great wrestler. Oh, boy. There's only like a handful of wrestlers who like when they are... When they are told to just go for it, that their promos make me want to run through a wall. And Kevin Owens is one of those, man. Like this promo, I was just like, yeah, that's right. You are the heart and soul of this business. You and Gargano, get them. You know, and you're just like so hyped when the, when when, uh, when KO is just in this mode. When He's just one of those people that's just like, it's, at times... When, when 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 it's called upon, when he's called upon to be that way, he's untouchable on the mic, dude. Like he's untouchable when he really wants to be, and he and he's told turn it up to a thousand, man. Like he was just speaking all truths in this thing. He was speaking a lot of truths, and I almost wonder if this is gonna be. 
I should say I, I'm wording that in a wrong in a, incorrectly. I should I should say I think this might be the thing that starts to lead to a character change of sorts for Austin Theory. I think that this is going to be that this feud with Owens is going to help bring out a different side of Theory. Not this selfie guy anymore. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him as the selfie guy. But I think he does have it in there what 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 KO is calling for. A lot of those chiseled guys who are one in a million are not lifelong fans like Theory is. Theory has been a student of the game. Theory wants has wanted to be John Cena since he was a child. I do think he was built a little differently. And I do think that sometimes it takes a public shaming to bring, you know, to bring to bring it for someone to bring it to bring it out of someone and and that's what Owens did here he was going pretty hard on theory and it was very entertaining um you can't help but be entertained by something like that when you're a wrestling fan but i wonder you know how it's going to end up for theory i think that because it's known that he was the hand picked guy vince um it's really easy for everyone to kind of scoff at that or or for wwe to play into that but i do think ultimately there was a reason why Vince felt that way, whether he was wrong or right. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how this money in the bank stuff ultimately plays out for for theory. Um, and I really do think that <laughs> Kevin being allowed to just just bring the heat when he's doing these promos on theory could could I said ultimately a hundred thousand times just now, but I do think it could help theory in in the long run. Bianca Belair's open challenge was answered by Sonya Deville after that. Sonya said she hadn't forgot that Bianca cost her her management position. Uh, this was a good match that ended with Bianca landing the KOD. And then after the match, Bailey came out and said damage control is going to take over the entire women's division. And winning the tag titles was just the beginning. Bailey then pointed out how she's the only one to pin Bianca. In the last 300 days, and that her title shot is coming. So then Bianca lays out the title and uh, challenges Bailey to come in, draws the line in the sand with her belt, but she doesn't see that damage control has circled the ring as well. A brawl breaks out, but then Alexa Bliss and Asuka come out to make the save, which allows Bianca to hit a spine buster on Bailey before she retreated. I'm glad that Bailey came out and said this because. When there was a an open challenge first uh, promoted, I thought to myself, "Well, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair." Bailey already pinned Bianca Belair, uh, even if it was in the tag match. So I'm I, I like that that some um, logic was brought here of of Bailey coming out and just being like, "Okay, you can do all that, but clearly I'm I'm next." So I, I thought that was smart. Uh, Amos quickly defeated two local wrestlers after that. We haven't seen much of Amos in the Triple H era. I'm wondering, I'm wondering where the what's cooking there. I'm wondering what's cooking. We'll have to wait and see. Seth Rollins interviewed backstage after that, and he's eventually interrupted by Lashley, who takes issue with Rollins referring to himself as the face of the show when he's the one who has the United States title over his shoulder. Rollins replies saying, you MMA guys are all the same. You got no brain cells from getting hit so much. He then challenges Lashley to a U.S. title match next week on Raw, which was eventually confirmed by the announced team. 
that's going to be a match, dude. That's going to be a good match. That's, you know, with Triple H trying to bring prestige back to the secondary titles. This is how you do it. You have top guys wrestling promoted ahead of time matches in the main event for titles. And you, you make them mean something. This is how you make them mean something. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley on Raw for the United States Championship. I'm looking forward to that one. Do I think that Seth Rollins becomes United States Champion next week? I do. I do. I think that it's going to be a while before he can become the world champion again. I think with being on Raw, that, that's part of it. I think the you know the fact that Roman reigns, his title reign doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. That's another part of it. And I think that you know earlier I talked about how Seth Rollins keeps saying that he's got championship intentions and then gets sidetracked by something else. Well, what better way to get sidetracked from his goal of winning the, the Universal Championship than winning the United States Championship and getting to be the one who continues to bring prestige to that belt on a weekly basis by being the top guy on the show with the top title on the show. I think that we need someone to be the guy. We need a top guy on the show. And I'm not saying Lashley isn't that with the United States Championship. He's done a great job with the United States title. But I think that Seth Rollins can make it feel like the top title on the show if he's given it. And Triple H really puts his all behind him. Next, we had Miz being interviewed at his home, and Miz continues to, to refuse to say what happened when he was kidnapped by Dexter Loomis. And we can see Dexter hiding in his lawn from the windows as we as, as Miz is saying all this. Maurice tries to get Miz to leave, and he quietly questions if they should leave their kids alone at the house with everything going on. Maurice says not to be silly. They've got tons of security. And Mike ultimately listens. They leave the house. But as they leave... We can see Loomis has made his way inside, and he's holding up a picture he drew of the entire Miz and Maurice family. I am a fan of out of off. Excuse me. I am a fan of off-site shoots. I think that when you do off-site shoots, it adds a bit more realism to things. I think that when you're in someone's home or you're at a bar or you know you're just in an outdoor area i think that the viewer can suspend their disbelief even more when you need to suspend your disbelief in a situation like this where there's a a, a kooky possible serial killer kidnapper who's entered heel Miz's home while his children are there um i think that the gravity of that situation um, does call I, I is good for an offsite shoot with with this whole situation that's been brewing between the two of them. Um, I think that it adds more to Dexter Loomis is uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, creepiness. There, that's the word I'm looking for. It adds to Dexter Loomis's creepiness, and it also just adds to the world building you can do when you go beyond the confines of just the arena. We'll say though. Are we supposed? It kind of at this point feels like Dexter Loomis is a good guy. 
So I was a little confused as to why are we supposed to be cheering for the fact that he's now alone in Miz's house with with his children? That was confusing to me. And we'll say that much, but we'll get there once we get to know more about Loomis's intentions somehow if we ever get there. Lastly, in the main event, we had Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. Edge brings it to Dominic this match and dominates most of the match except for when Dom was being helped by Rhea Ripley. Dominic does three amigos at one point, and eventually the frogs flash, but it wasn't enough to put Edge away. And eventually the Judgment Day hit the ring for a DQ. They then go to town on Edge and smash his leg in a chair with a coup de gras to close the show. So, I like that we're getting something different from Dominic, but... This episode, I should say this match is what I should say, it didn't quite sell me on the fact that we're going to see a different Dominic. Kind of felt like the same guy in different clothes, just acting a little bit more emo. And I want to see like a little bit different from him. You know, I he already did the Three Amigos, and he already did the Frog Splash. And I realized that's his finishing move, but like, I kind of want to see him just do something different. I don't want him to become a, a tribute act. I don't want him to go from being a Rey Mysterio tribute act. Excuse me. I say I want. Like, it's I'm the only person that matters. I should Let me rephrase that. I don't know if it's necessarily helpful for Dominic Mysterio to go from Rey Mysterio tribute act to, Ed, to, to Eddie Guerrero tribute act. Um, I want to see something different from him. I think that he has it in him. He, you know, I think that it's, it's in his blood. And I think that if he, he could do something different, I think it would be better. I think he needs to wrestle like a bigger guy. Um, but this, this didn't blow me away in this singles opportunity for him. I actually liked him more when he was paired up with Ray and they were able to do stuff together rather than this, because there was something missing here. Um, there's, maybe it's the viciousness like if he's gonna be a heel i need to see something a little more vicious from him and that's what i was expecting and i don't know if i necessarily feel like we got that um but i want to see more pulled out of him so that he's not necessarily just another tribute act that's kind of how i look at it um he's a talented guy um but i just i just think that we gotta see something different from him if this version of the character is going to get over. We got something different in the ring, not just how his demeanor is as a whole. All right, I'm done here. Make sure you follow at WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're all across social media. And also, make sure you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Yes, this week, Wednesday, we've got Johnny Gargano on Out of Character. Premieres on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel at 9 a.m. Pacific time. But it hits this podcast feed way earlier than that. So if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast feed as well. But also, if you are subscribed already, I would appreciate it if you did me a little favor. If you've listened this long, you're clearly a fan. So hook it up with a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you listen on. If you can hit those stars, if you can leave some nice words, I appreciate it very much. All right, that's it. I'm done. 
officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been the Raw Roundup. Download the all-new Fox Sports app now. 